Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Whether we're discussing immigration or we're discussing the horror show that has become people's desire to think that children can determine their own gender. It is simply incredible to watch people move, maneuver, and manipulate the, the willingness to lie to others, the willingness to make claims that are simply irrational to make like children can determine their own gender like somehow people coming from Venezuela or Honduras or El Salvador or anywhere else are just trying to get to Texas when of course we know they're getting to the United States that's the desire to get to the United States is the plan. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number. Allow me to share in in this one-two punch because this one-two punch is quite fascinating. And, And it starts with the Martha's Vineyard people who, of course, shared with us that that what they are, are, are believers in is saying that they care about illegal immigrants, claiming that they want to help, and then the minute illegal immigrants show up on their doorstep getting the vapors and saying, what is this? This isn't what we wanted. You brought those people here? Oh, God! How dare you? My gosh, this is, this is just... Ew, David. Just so gross. And so, this is all like very El Paso. That's not who we are. Well, turns out that that's not true. Yes, indeed, uh, Martha's Vineyard worked expeditiously to get illegal immigrants, 50 of them removed from Martha's Vineyard. There were some people who were very appreciative of what Governor Ron DeSantis did. This is one of those residents answering a question from a reporter. Were you surprised at all when Governor Ron DeSantis decided, okay, you know what, guess what, I'm going to send 50 of the migrants uh, who volunteered to come to this, to come to come to Boston, to come to Martha's Vineyard. Were you surprised when they arrived? No, I wasn't. And I actually, I really praise him for doing that because it wasn't a stunt. I know the media has been saying it's a stunt. But, um, you know, how do you get the attention of, of of the administration? How do you get the attention of Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of this? That Do you think she's been a good border czar? I don't, it's really a joke, and everyone knows it. Well, well, well. I guess we shouldn't be judging the whole of Martha's Vineyard based on their refusal to take in, for any level of period of time, 50 uh, illegal immigrants, while places like El Paso or, or, or Eagles Pass or Del Rio, uh, the, these places are expected to take in thousands and thousands of people every single 
week. I guess that's what we're seeing here. But the people who claimed that Ron DeSantis, he is just, my gosh, he's, he's abusing these people. And Ron DeSantis is, is uh, engaging. It's, it's, it's uh, kidnapping. That's the word I was looking for. Kidnapping, I'll tell you. It took me a little while to find the word because the word is just so stupid in relationship to what's been happening that it just didn't naturally come together for me. Of course it wasn't kidnapping. I have had to mute people in my social media world who want to make this claim of, so you're okay with people being bussed around and shipped around? Hmm, interesting. You're Jewish. I'm surprised you're okay with this. Anybody who wants to relate what's happening with DeSantis or Governor Abbott or Governor Ducey of Arizona to the Holocaust is a fool, and I should dismiss them from my social media life, and I've also dismissed you from my regular life. Sorry, you're on the outside. Don't need you, man. Dis- disagree with DeSantis all you will. That's rational. Holocaust comparisons, boop, right out. There you go. Oh, bye bye. Uh, don't need. Don't need your friendship. Don't. Don't. Don't even need the listener. I mean, there. There comes a moment where you gotta. Where you gotta say to people, you know what? We've reached a moment that's just. This is. It's not me. It's you. And 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 you gotta say goodbye. Disagreement. Fine ridiculous inane holocaust uh, comparisons nope 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 not gonna be a part of it what ron DeSantis has done what governor abbott has done what governor ducey has done is really force people to discuss what's going on with immigration in the united states to work on some level of solving this problem because this problem has to be solved. But if you were to ask the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, we're not going to talk to these people. Yes, I wonder, internally, not internally, has the president reached out to any of these governors? So here's the thing, and I was asked this question earlier today. I don't know why we would reach out mm-hmm. to a governor or governors who are clearly playing a political game, right? It is something that they're doing not to find a solution, but to literally put literally put people's lives at risk and we're talking about people who are why are their lives at risk if they go to Martha's Vineyard or Chicago or New York or DC why are their lives at risk this is a lie from Corinne Jean-Pierre but you've gotten used to it now and so is the media she is an activist who got thrust into this role of White House press secretary and never gave up being an activist If you want to say the president believes this, you're you're there to engage the, the, the thoughts of the president and, and push out what's going on from the administration, that's one thing. To say that it's endangering lives is a lie. And America gets that. Now, the leftists don't get that. The diehards, the people who are ideologues, the people who are part of the cult, they don't get it. Rational people get it. Now, you're going to say to me, cult, oh, you mean like Trump? Sure, okay. Now what? No, no, no. Come at me, tough guy. You said to me, oh, you mean like Trump? Like you were going to like get one over on me? And I'm saying, yeah, sure, like Trump. Now what? Now can we discuss the fact that Corinne Jean-Pierre lied on MSNBC, lies to the American people, lies about these people's lives being in danger? It was the Biden administration that was flying people all around the country and dropping them off without anybody knowing? 
70 flights, as the mayor of Miami discussed, alone to Florida? Those midnight flights to New York and other places? How about the fact that New York City had a policy of flying homeless people all around the country? Dropping them off. You're somebody else's problem now. Have a nice day. How about that when Governor Newsom was Mayor Newsom of San Francisco, he bust homeless people out of San Francisco to other areas to claim, look, they got housing. Look at how good our program is. He just bust out the problem like it was yesterday's trash and then decided to have himself some dinner at French Laundry when everybody else had to stay at home because that's the kind of guy he is. You want to bring up Trump every second. It's because, honestly, and, and I say this, I want to make sure I'm understood. The people who bring up Trump 24-7, 365 are not happy people, and I wish them the best. And you should know this, because if you're dating one of these people, you, they will never, ever, ever, ever be able to sexually satisfy you. I just want to make sure we're clear about this. Yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. They can't do it. How could they? They're just so miserable. Get help and be happy, would you? But this is only part one of a story of a radicalness. That somehow the White House and Corinne Jean-Pierre and far too many on the left believe that the immigration issue should be the issue of Texas, Arizona, and Florida alone. It is America's problem, and America has to do something about it. America's problem is this idea of adults telling children they can be any gender you you can be any gender you want to be and we can help you with that hey let's have surgery and let's remove your breasts and let's mutilate you here and let's do this and give you puberty blockers here and hormone therapy here let's get it going it's fantastic don't let anybody tell you no as a matter of fact we won't allow anybody to tell you no we'll attack them we'll try to humiliate them we'll try and shame them from telling you no and don't you worry about your parents you're in charge of you i know you're only 14 but that's an adult in our book because really what's childhood you should be able to decide your own own course and make your own decisions also not only about your medical history but about who you love go on 14 year old make your own decisions that's happening and those kids need our help and parents need help in fighting these absolutely abusive adults in these areas where we're supposed to think of them as respected people sometimes in education and far too often right now in medicine vanderbilt they have a medical center that focuses on providing these kinds of surgeries for young children. And as one of the doctors explains, a Dr. Taylor, there's a lot of money in this. And this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery. And um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Uh, so female to male chest reconstruction, can bring in $40,000. A patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Now these I got from the internet, um, but it's from uh, the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, which has um, does a lot of um, surgery for patients. And I just want to give you an idea of how much these bottom surgeries are making. And this is, I think this has to be an underestimate. Uh, this is for a vaginoplasty. They're saying, they're quoting roughly around $20,000 for a vaginoplasty, but that doesn't include your hospital stay, that doesn't include your post-op visits, that doesn't include um, your anesthesia, your OR. So I would think that this has to be a gross underestimate. 
Look how much money we can make from disfiguring these children. Look how much money we can make from abusing 14-year-olds by making claim they can make their own decisions. It's beyond sick. It is twisted and diseased. And for me bringing it up, I'm going to get told by these pseudo-intellectuals that I'm the abuser. When you know and I know, we're the ones standing up for children. And if you are a doctor and doesn't want to engage in this surgery, a Dr. Ellen Clayton has some words for you. If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person and you are not paying for the, the cost for your belief. I think that is a real, I mean, I think that's a real issue. So, um, so I think, you know, so you're, so yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to pers- uh, for participating in this sort of surgery, it, it probably have to accommodate you to the extent that you can find another person who can do your job, who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs is not without consequences. And, and it should not be without consequences. And I just want to put that out there. We are given enormous, if you don't want to do this kind of work, don't work at Vanderbilt. Well, that's a threat. If you are a conscientious objector, if you have a religious objection, there will be consequences. You're not allowed to say no. You have to mutilate children. Otherwise, you go find another job. You're not allowed to say no. But of course, you should say no. All doctors should say no to mutilating children. Children cannot make the decision about what their gender is because they are what they are. And if they are unhappy, they need to seek help in this subject to be okay with who they are. And wait till they're an adult if they're going to engage in any level of changes. We see on the subject of immigration that these people make this thousand-mile trek, as, as people like Griff Jenkins discusses, crossing the Darien Gap, these dangerous, treacherous uh, trips to the U.S. to become, uh, to, to come to America, to be in America, not to be in Texas. And anybody who says that it is dangerous or, 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 or reckless or violent or threatening to move these people from one state to another on a coach bus where they're fed or on a plane is lying. And anybody who says a 14-year-old can determine their gender is lying. And Vanderbilt needs to get shut down because not only are they clearly, actively, in my view, mutilating children, they're telling you you're not allowed to say no to mutilating children. It takes a lot to be on the right side of an argument, on the right side of an engagement. 
But maybe we should say it differently because very often people turn that into to be on the right side of history, which is a, a, a big, ridiculous uh, concept. If you find yourself standing up to those who want to mutilate kids, you're not alone. You're right. They're wrong. They want you to think that these children have the right to live the, and, and be their authentic selves. You think that if you're talking about $20,000 for vaginoplasties or thousands of dollars for top surgery, which is taking the breasts off of women, of, of young girls, you, you think they're, 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 they're really about caring about the authentic self? Or are they caring about uh, the, the authentic second house that they're making a payment on? You know, the lake place. They're children. They're not ATM machines. Those coming into the United States are not there just for Texas to deal with. It's for the country to deal with. The country has to solve the immigration issue. And the country has to stand up and say, we don't mutilate our kids. And it doesn't matter what the haters say. And it doesn't matter how violent they get. If we don't stand up for this stuff, if we don't stand up against this stuff, my God. God, Jed, I don't even want to know you. I'm Tony Katz. I forgot to mention the sheriff. There is a county where, where, where San Antonio is, I believe it is, uh, Bear County. B-E-X-A-R, but they don't pronounce the X. I learned that uh, today. And the sheriff there. Says uh, Ron DeSantis, I mean, uh, this this is clearly a crime, sending people to, to Martha's Vineyard. So uh, I'm, I'm going to engage in investigation to check out your criminal activity. And, and, you know, we shouldn't be saying no to these people. We need workers in the United States. We should be giving these people jobs. And you know what we do? We tax them. That's what we do. We tax them. See? See, it works out for everybody. I have never not met a Democrat, and this, this sheriff is a Democrat, who isn't in favor of finding a new way to tax people. That is not a reason to allow people to break the law to get into the country. And this is a sheriff being okay with it, but thinking that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is the problem. Oh, they asked me, Tony, why do you enjoy the bourbon so much? There, there, there is a, a rye in my future this evening. Oh, bloody heck. Today's news cycle might just be multiple beers. Uh, for me, it's just one. Who am I kidding? I'm Tony Katz. I was discussing this morning that I found this story and I said, huh, that is, that is interesting. It, it, it was a bothersome story about an extension of a national emergency. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, guys, always so good to be with you. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. And it was about the Biden administration continuing a national emergency that got put into place post-September 11th. And you have Executive Order 13-224, as is uh, discussed here. And it... Uh, says, uh, therefore, in accordance with Section 202 of the National Emergencies Act, I am continuing for one year the national emergency with respect to persons who commit, threaten to commit, or support terrorism, declared in Executive Order uh, 13224. 
what struck me in 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 the piece was the 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 question now of what we say or what we discuss as terrorism because with a society that has a department of justice that calls parents domestic terrorists that's that's a real problem and so when i see the extension as i did and by the way i'm on state.gov looking at executive order 13224 then president bush signed executive order 13224 on september 23rd 2001 gave the u.s government a powerful tool to impede terrorist funding and as part of our national commitment to lead the international effort to bring a halt to the evil of terrorist activity well, one could argue, okay, although one would also argue, hey, uh, turns out the Patriot Act, a uh, pretty big invasion of privacy, don't you know? Some people had it right on the Patriot Act. Some people didn't have it as as clear. Some people realize it now and have been very, very stalwart uh, about engaging those conversations. I, I appreciate those people. Like, wait a second. That is not what we thought it was going to be. That is far worse than we ever imagined. We shouldn't be allowing that, having that, being around that, being near that. When I see President Biden engaging in any extension of going after terrorists, I'm left to wonder who he thinks are terrorists. It's like people talking about how the, the government is working to get everybody involved in voting, a, a whole of government or an all of government approach on, on voting. I've had people send this to me on, on social media. I'm like, guys, on this one, I'm on top of it. What are you talking about an all of government approach on voting? We want to get people registered to vote. You mean you want to decide where they register to vote? You want to decide how they register to vote? You want to decide the subjects that they vote on? You want to ensure certain constituencies, certain groups, certain identities are registered to vote because they'll vote your way. I don't think the federal government under Joe Biden is really aggressively looking to register young Republicans to vote. I am very bothered by this. This isn't a good use of government. This is the wrong use of government. The citizenry has to be engaged in in getting people to vote. The government's job is to get people, when, when people get elected, to run the government, not to utilize government to move their own power. I'm sorry if you're saying to me, man, Tony, you are... You are superly duperly negative today. This is not about me being negative. This is about me recognizing the fundamental problems that we're experiencing. An overly woke, an overly political government, and a political party that's in charge that is desperate to ensure that another political party never gets to be in charge again. That's the objective. That is the effort to ensure power. And I don't appreciate utilizing government to ensure power. You know how you ensure power? Do good by the people. Share with them your thoughts and ideas. Get them rowing with you. That's how you do it. That's how you put it together. You convince people of your theories, your thoughts, and ideas. 
You share with them your vision for what can be and how that makes their life better. And then they go, yeah, my life would be better if that was it. Okay, you get my vote. We're not voting for people to run our lives. We're voting for people to do the basics so we can go about our lives. We forget this all the time. Elected officials are not special. When an elected official in one of those Senate hearings, those House hearings, is being rude to a, uh, to a, a person on the panel answering questions, and the person's answering the question, and the, and the member of the House says, like, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. No one gives a damn about your time. You asked a question to a citizen. You wait for the answer. Who cares about you reclaiming your time? This is about you getting some good sound bites in, getting a good couple of digs in. That's not why we elected you. Man or woman, white or black or Asian or Hispanic or Jewish or Christian or Muslim or straight or gay, we didn't elect you to have a personality. We elected you to do the job of the perfunctory that we weren't interested in doing. We're busy leading our lives. You go shovel the ass. That's the way it's supposed to be. We've turned this into something like we we elect these people to rule over us. These people couldn't rule over anything. Screw their idea of ruling. I don't know. I, 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 I very often feel that not everybody has the right look as to how elected officials ought to be treated. They're cogs in a machine. When they break down, you just take out the cog and you put in a new cog. That's it. We treat these people like they're special. Oh, look, it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at the Met Gala. Why the hell do you want Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at the Met Gala? She's not a celebrity. She's a perfunctory. Wake up, go do the job. We'll give you a nice parking spot, and we'll call you representative. And we'll say, yeah, absolutely representative. Don't let it go to your head. We call thousands of people representative over the history of the United States of America. It ain't special. It's not special. You know why they called it the presidency and the terminology was Mr. President? They were trying to think of something as mundane as humanly possible. Something that didn't have the regalness. And now we're playing hail to the chief. Oh, Mr. President. Yes, Mr. President. Right away, Mr. President. I feel this way about any president, including Trump, by the way. You work for me. Stop telling me how special you are. I'm not interested in hearing how special you are. I'm interested in you doing the job I need done. And if you don't, I will vote your butt out and I will move on to the next person. They are are stunned. They are constantly shocked. When, When I say this, you're elected officials. You ain't special. If I ever get elected to anything, I don't know if I'll ever run. I've thought about running before. And a couple things have come up. I, I just, I, right now, I'm, I'm having a good time, and I, and I don't see it. Uh, I'll remember every day that I'm just an elected official. I'll do the job, and I'll get the hell out of Dodge. Would I do just one term? I don't know. I think I would do two terms, depending on the gig. I think it's weird to be elected to Congress and only do one term. But two terms, maybe three, six years. It'd be like doing one Senate term. Okay. You actually learn the system. You maybe you were able to get a cut piece of legislation, uh, um, you know, put out there. I don't know if you got anything passed or not, but at least you made the effort. All right, gotta go. I can see that. What I, I spend thirty years there. I don't know when it happens, 
Uh, that you know, th- this is a line uh, Evan Sayed, who wrote the Kindergarten of Eden, uh, discusses. Only in America do we elect somebody when they're when they're twenty five years of age and they keep the job until they die. The Queen of England and an unlimited numbers of members of Congress, seventy years. It's insane. It's everything we shouldn't want. We should not want any of that. Because we shouldn't want people who think that somehow that they are entitled. They're just cogs in a machine. That machine is our nation. They do the work for us. When they don't work, just replace them. This executive order extension in the hands of Joe Biden, I will admit, bothers me. Absolutely uh, uh, bothers me. Um. It, it is already problematic, incredibly problematic, the way the Department of Justice and the Biden administration has treated parents and is treating parents regarding education. It is their bringing up, their mentioning in partnership with teachers' unions referring to parents as terrorists that, I mean, just like you, that was obscene. It was obscene when they did that. And ever since they have done that, I have come to understand, like you have come to understand, that these are people that simply cannot be trusted. They can't be trusted. They're not good people. They're not decent people. They're not kind people. They are terrible. They hate you. They hate me. They hate anybody who doesn't think like they do. This is who they are. And when a group of people through the Department of Justice is willing to label parents worried about their kids' education as domestic terrorists... I am not out of the realm of rational thought to say out loud, I wonder what they would do next. I wonder what else they would do. And then I saw this extension and I said, huh, this bothers me to no end. Now, part of the reason this is um, so, uh, the other part of the reason this is so important is um, there are a series of accusations. The Washington Times with the reporting, specifically Kerry Pickett and Joseph Clark, and Kerry Pickett, Kerry Pickett's a great reporter. Rank-and-file FBI agents are accusing the Biden administration of exaggerating the threat of white supremacists and pressuring agents to cook up domestic terrorist cases involving racist extremists. Current and former FBI agents, as reported by Kerry Pickett and Joseph Clark, telling the Washington Times that the perceived white supremacist threat is overblown by the administration and top bureau officials are pressuring FBI agents to create domestic terrorist cases and tag people as white supremacists to meet internal metrics. Maybe, just maybe, my concerns, your concerns, are well-founded. One agent, speaking on condition of anonymity, says the demand for white supremacy coming from FBI headquarters, quote, vastly outstrips the supply of white supremacy, 
We have more people assigned to investigate white supremacists than we can actually find. That is frightening. But it reminds me of a a theory. Uh, Throughout the years, uh, since my early days of of writing and my early days of of radio, I've come up with a couple of of theories, right? And so one is um, the enemy of least resistance. So the reason you will see people openly mock Christians and not Muslims is that Christians won't get together and kill them. But if you openly mock Muslims, well, agreed, not not everyone's going to say, oh, let's go kill this person. The anger, the outrage, the the discipline necessary to to get the media to respond and react to it, that's very real. They don't care if that a Christian gets attacked or, or, or mocked. They, they just don't care. Enemy of least resistance. And I believe that to be uh, to to be true. But one of the one of the things that I had thought thought early on um, is the idea of fitting your fable. That people engage data, not honestly, but in a way to fit their fable, to tell their story, as opposed to engaging what the story is all about. It's the same thing as confirmation bias or the self-affirming selective. So when that happens, when that takes place, right, where, where, where you see confirmation bias or, or uh, a self-affirming selective, people look for information that comports with their point of view so they can say, see, I was right. I've always thought that to be a little bit messed up. The data is the data is the data. But here you have a White House that wants to scream all about the white supremacists and the terrorists and the domestic terrorists. And in order to have this be true, the federal government becomes Jussie Smollett. And so now they look for people to do bad things, even if they have to create the bad things in the people. If you tell me that the demand for white supremacy outstrips the supply of white supremacy, that we have more people assigned to investigate white supremacists than we can actually find, you're telling me that you're just a couple of steps away from putting people in MAGA hats, walking around the streets of Chicago at 2 a.m., attacking anybody who's holding a tuna sub in their right hand. That's what you're saying. You are seconds away from making it up. You're seconds away from just making claim to say, ha, told you. Ha, see, ha, showing you. So now I got two reasons to be concerned by this. Reason number one, as I described, look what they said about parents, about those worried about their kids' education. And then I've got whistleblowers. Remember when whistleblowers used to matter? Oh, those were good times. Those are, those are good. Oh, when the, the days with the whistleblowers, oh, you remember the whistleblowers. Oh, they were so important. Oh, and they had to be believed. I got whistleblowers. I have FBI agents saying, this isn't what we signed up for. There's a reason people hate the institution. There is a reason indeed. I'm Tony Katz. 
so the Russians are mobilizing. Mobilizing. They're forcing people into the Russian military. They need 300,000 people because they don't have a military that can actually fight. They just have a lot of bodies they can throw at the problem. And their plan is to throw a lot of bodies at the problem. Live bodies, dead bodies, it doesn't matter. Boom, boom, boom. That's the way it is. Remarkable. But the Russians, they are backed into a corner. Well, really, Vladimir Putin is backed into a corner. So the question is, what is he going to do? If you missed my conversation with a retired Army Major Mike Lyons, I, I will share that with you because if Russia's backed into a corner, does that mean there is a uh, nuclear button back there? That is something to be concerned by. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.